What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am this little chemical, and this is your Monday show. And you know what we talk about on Monday? We talk about pro wrestling. And we finally have a more structured <laughs> uh, idea of Wednesdays for the next, for the rest of the year, actually. How exciting is that, people? So, Wednesday, we will announce the schedule um, and all that. But I definitely just wanted to make it known that we will have a set schedule for the rest of the year. I know the shows I'm going to do and everything like that. So it's pretty exciting. I hope more of you will join. I do know there's like a podcast war Wednesday through Monday. Wednesday versus Monday. Where some of you guys really just don't like hearing about wrestling. And some of you guys really just don't like hearing about pop culture. So I appreciate you listening either way. Anyways, let's hit up. Huh, what are we going to talk about first? Let's get the WWE stuff out of the way, because I have less to talk about with that and more AEW to talk about. Um, let's talk about NXT. It's funny, because when Cameron Grounds is talking to Gacy, uh, he said something about his look and whatever, everything like that. My first thought was, that, that sounds like something Vince McMahon would say. And sure enough, according to The Observer, Vince McMahon wants to give a makeover to Cameron Grimes. So, for me, I've tried to, like... This new NXT, and I think for me, outside of Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes, which we'll get to in a second, I think for me, I would much rather come back in like five or six months when I can, when, for me, it's worth watching. I'll just say it that way because I don't, it's just, it's my opinion, and, it's, and you can't change that. Um, but to me, I thought that was interesting, and that's why when I hear certain things, I'm like, man, this sounds really main roster-ish. And it's kind of like, and I get it, they're they're preparing them so that way the crowd knows who they are and nothing changes. So it's like not like it's a, hey, we have to beat the air quotes NXT out of them. <clears throat> so I get it. I just don't care. Now, Isaiah Swerve Scott in his only North American title defense since defeating Bronson Reed. This was his only title defense. Well, at least they gave him the win over Escobar. It wasn't uh, as... Uh, cliched or as predictable as people thought because then the swerve came at the end no pun intended actually where Carmelo Hayes was helping out Escobar against uh, Legado del Fantasma and all of a sudden he turns and just clotheslines Scott and then he cashes in his contract from the breakout tournament I didn't know that that tournament was similar to a money in the bank where you could cash in at any time excuse me so that was the most shocking part. And once again, it's their company, their rules. So it probably was never meant to be that. But it was meant to give a shock win for Carmelo Hayes and show that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get to the next level. Uh, he's clearly a Shawn Michaels project. I know I know Triple H is still out, but we got the, instead of the patented Triple H picture, we had a Shawn Michaels picture with Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes is apparently a Shawn Michaels project, and Shawn Michaels says he sees a lot of himself in Carmelo Hayes. But either way, we have a new North American champion. <clears throat> to me, Swerve Scott really didn't get a fair shot with that NXT North American championship. Um, but that's, you know what? He got himself a group. He has he has a title run, uh, at least to his name. I'm happy they found some footing there, so that's pretty awesome. But like I said, the thing that surprised me most was I didn't know that that breakout tournament was meant for that. But you know what? 
they had to get the belt off him somehow. So that that was a decent way, I guess, instead of it being cliched or predictable. SmackDown. We're not talking about Raw this week. I had nothing. Biggie got laid out. Uh, Biggie's gonna win against Drew McIntyre, Crown Jewel. I don't care. SmackDown though was very interesting because Finn Balor, as predicted since uh, Sami Zayn, it's kind of iffy because it's it, he has not been invited. Like even Pat McAfee said he's not going to Crown Jewel because he was not invited. So it feels like they don't even want to risk him going, which makes sense. Why would you risk something sending someone over there and not knowing if you can have them back? This isn't before where Vader, with their man in Kuwait back in like 96, when Vader snatched a, a, a host for calling wrestling fake and he ended up keeping it over there for a couple months. Like, they could kill this guy, you know? And they have, and no matter what WWE thinks, these people, they're even, even they're not safe going over there, even with all the money they're giving them. So let's not be naive here. However, um, this was just predictable. The thing that was not predictable, I thought that the move that they were going to do when the brackets came out, I for sure 100% thought that it was going to be Woods versus Kofi in the semifinals, which would have been a fantastic match. And just a way to, I think, just get these guys on a, on a, on a, on a serious plane. Because Ricochet and Xavier Woods had a great match. And so did Gender and Kofi. But um, I could see Kofi saying, hey, I'm a former world champion. You know that. You lobby for that. I know you've been lobbying for this, but this is a shot at the Universal Championship and becoming king of the ring. I got to take my shot. You know I'm not going to lay down for you. And they have a great match. And then all of a sudden, Xavier Woods comes out on top. But they are going the predictable route, unfortunately. And I think and I think I've read, I think, <clears throat> I read, I think I heard this on Salamonster's show. He said something to the effect of he felt Jinder was going to go all the way to the finals. That is a terrible king of the ring finals. And that's the worst finals of a king of the ring. Since Mabel and Savio Vega in 95, if that's the actual finals, that's fucking terrible. And I don't want to see that. If we, I mean, Finn Balor clearly is going to be the king of the ring here. But to me, put Woods in the fucking finals. Now, we won't know until Monday night, so you're obviously hearing this the day of. But holy crap on a cracker, dude, don't do this. Don't, like, like I implore you, I beg you. Please do not do this. Like, I get it. Jinder Mahal is a former WWE champion. It will be a former WWE champion versus a former Universal champion. But Jinder has no appeal he never has. The most appeal he's ever had has been in fucking 3MB. And I get it. They tried it their best. Dude, don't. Either way, Finn Balor's winning. That's fine. But let's get a good match. Let's get, let's get some drama out of this. Because at least. With Woods, because everyone knows Xavier Woods has been lobbying for it, it will make it to where each pinfall just gets more. I know where they're going to be in that Saudi crowd. So it's not, I'm just saying for the viewing audience at home in the States, it will make people get on their feet. Like, oh, are they really going to pull the trigger on Woods? Are they, Even though we know they're not, it, it will just be more impact as opposed to freaking gender. Mo- and I go out of my way and I get bashed from this from you guys. To not just sit here and destroy people. Like, oh, you, I, you, you, if you feel this way, why don't you say that? Because it's, it's just not a negative show. I'm not a negative person. Even then, like, sometimes you can talk about things. Like, and we're going to get to a, that AEW reveal of the Lucha Brothers versus a, uh, bl- uh, blank later on. But to me, certain things just don't, don't need to be said. If you want that kind of vibe, dude, you have Jim Cornette. You have Vince Russo. You have a ton of other podcasts you can go on. You listen to my show for a reason. But I implore you, WWE, please do not do that, which they're going to do. But it'll be just much more drama with what it'll be. It'll be more appealing. 
It'd be more fun. Let Woods go out and just have a match of his life with a former world. And I don't know where they're going to go with King, King Finn Balor. That, that doesn't even mean anything at this point. I mean, if we write down some of these King of the Rings, right? As a matter of fact, let's do this on air right here, right now. Hold on one second while I get some footage. Let's, let's break this down because I have yet to break any of this down, right? So let's look at all King of the Rings. Let's see. There we go. All right. Let's see what they've done. And we're gonna. And we're only counting King of the Rings that started as pay per views because King of the Rings been around for forever. For those who don't know, that's where the King Harley Race gimmick came, gimmick came from. That's where King Macho Man came from. I believe the only two people to win King of the Rings two years in a row were Macho King and Bret Hart. But Bret Hart was the first one to win it on a pay per view. So that's why we're only going with. From that pay-per-view in 94 up until Baron Corbin's King of the Ring win a couple years ago, okay? So that is what you need to understand before you get all pissy in your pants, okay? Let's see. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So obviously, Bret Hart was the first one. We know what he did. Former WWE champion. Second ever five-time WWE champion. Um, it... it Bret Hart, that, that name alone is fantastic, right? And, and, and now that I'm looking at this, let me get all the facts right. So the first King of the Ring winner was Don Morocco. Second was Harley Race. Third was Randy Savage. Fourth was Ted DiBiase. Fifth was Tito Santana. 91 and 93 were Bret Hart. Excuse me. 94 was Owen Hart. We know what kind of career he had. Uh, he was never going to be WWE champion, but he, he damn well could have been. Um, then we have the infamous 95, probably the worst King of the Ring of all time, in Mabel. Nothing was done with his career. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the greatest superstar in the history of the WWE. Triple H, enough said. Ken Shamrock, he was hot in 98. He was really hot. He ended up becoming an intercontinental and tag team champion with the boss man. Um, that's as high as he got, though, before he ended up leaving to go back to UFC. Billy Gunn. Ugh. Same level as Mabel. Billy Gunn is a tag team wrestler. Excellent. Otherwise, no. Next up, our next four are fantastic. Kurt Angle, Edge, Brock Lesnar, and King Booker. We all know what these four men have done. All deserving of it. William Regal. Now, William Regal is very polarizing because at the time of his King of the Ring win, the tournament was shit. It was in one night. It was short matches. But he was still commissioner of WWE, and that just bolstered his power. And supposedly, the rumor mill has it, is that he was supposed to have a run with the WWE Heavyweight Championship. But then he ended up getting caught with steroids, and he got suspended and promptly lost all momentum. But that the way they were going was pretty freaking awesome. I remember this because he was in the middle of a feud with Ken Kennedy, and he had just won the King of the Ring. I believe he made CM Punk tap out in the finals. And he had, who was it he had by his side? It was a woman he had. Was it Layla? It, it, I think it was Layla. Anyways, um, the, in the following weeks, like the next three or four weeks, he was like, you fans don't deserve this. He would cut off Raw. He would cut off the lights and end the show. Air quotes. End the show. You can't see me doing air quotes. He would end the show because he's like, you know, you fans don't deserve this. They're, they're, they're messing with him. He would cut the lights out to the arena. Then the show would go off air. It, it was just cool stuff like that, and he he messed that up. But I mean, that run is one that 
is unfortunate for him. Sheamus is a former King of the Ring. Um, he even before King of the Ring, he was a WWE champion. Uh, he's never won Universal or Intercontinental title, but he's had been U.S. champion, tag team champion. I think, yeah. And um, so he, all right. Bad news, Barrett. Nothing. Baron Corbin, nothing. Even though the finals of the Baron Corbin one in ninety, excuse me, twenty nineteen was between him and Chad Gable were excellent. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know what the plans are for Balor. I don't know where this is coming from for him, for him to even win King of the Ring. But honestly, I think they're just doing it, and I don't think they have any clue. Shayna Baszler clearly is going to win on the women's side, but you could, she's already been established not in on the main roster, but on NXT, old NXT. She can be a monster. She can play the monster role. So this would fit her perfectly. Also, a side note, what I find interesting is that we have Crown Jewel coming out with Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We also have, and by the way, two of those people are on Raw. Bianca Belair is challenging Becky Lynch, excuse me, Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. So what we could have here is Bianca winning the women's championship from Charlotte on Raw and Sasha regaining the women's championship at Crown Jewel since Sasha and Charlotte are on SmackDown and Bianca and Becky are on Raw. I could see them doing that. That is very much a possibility. Just keep that in mind. Anyways, I'm hoping they don't go the route, but you know what? I'm Right now, I'm sniffing the hopium. Very, very hard. Like I have to, I have a hopium problem. I need to go to HA. Hopium's anonymous because it's it's clearly gonna be Balor and and, and uh, gender. But anyways, uh, Sonya Deville sort of returned to the ring, and she ended up having a handicap match against Naomi. People like Naomi, man, and people. I I I kind of like where this is going personally because to me, I like Naomi. I think a lot of people do like Naomi. And I think a lot of people will watch this match. And you can honestly build this up to Survivor Series. Where you have Naomi versus Sonya Deville in a, in a proper match. But you have, but then you have Shayna Baszler getting in the way. Because Sonya Deville just give her everything she wants. Hey, you, oh, you want a time match now? Cool, you can have time match now. You can do this now. You can do that now. <coughs> you know, excuse me. But I like where this is going. Uh, personally. Get a drink of... <coughs> excuse me, Diet Coke. Probably get some water, right? I don't care. Anyways, um, the last thing was a contract signing where Brock Lesnar is just playing more head games with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns ain't losing that belt to Brock Lesnar. Uh, um, but a few people have brought to my attention how no one else is ready to beat Roman Reigns. Right now, there isn't anyone that's on the roster that's built to do that. And you're absolutely right. And I don't have anyone at the moment to, I can think of either that can do it. I would need to think about that. And while I'm giving myself a challenge, because I actually updated my list. Someone asked me, hey, Net, since, since it's clear that Hangman Ampage is going to win the belt from Omega, you said MJF would take it from him. Who I have at that? So I gave myself a challenge. To come up with the next three AEW champions after Hangman Adam Page. I will do the same with Roman Reigns, but I'm going to do that on next week's show. I need to think about it and map some stuff out. Um, and I will get back to that. It's a challenge to myself to think about that. Because WWE is way more predictable than AEW. 
And AEW's not even predictable, but it's just more of what makes sense, and it seems like they've been doing that to start. Um, but we will see. Anyways, those are my thoughts on the weekend WWE. Let's hit AEW. So, we saw a great match at the buy-in between Suzuki and Dan- uh, Brian Danielson, which Brian Danielson ended up winning. Suzuki will make his impact in, uh, debut soon. He is just making the rounds here in the States, clearly having fun doing it. Everyone knows who he is. He's won some, lost some. It's just he's just it's just fantastic to see a legend getting the respect he is absolutely getting and getting paid while doing it. That's awesome. Side note here, Dynamite, when it returns to Wednesday nights, will begin to air live on the West Coast feed and the East Coast feed. Like when I watch Dynamite on Wednesdays, I have to go through the app because I don't have cable. And so I tend to watch it live already. Um, but I don't know how that will affect the numbers, if it'll help, if it won't help. Because some people may get turned off on the West Coast and not want to wait because they might know already. You know, I don't I don't think it will, but that's just my opinion on that. But I think some of you guys who are uh, numbers nerds may find it interesting. Starting off with Dynamite on Saturday night. Malachi Black defeated Dante Martin, showed him some respect afterwards. They're doing their best. To really make Dante Martin feel like a superstar in defeat, and he he could, he could very well be the guy that to me is like that one two three kid where he has these moments where he may not win all the time, he may lose more than he wins, but he has moments you remember. Like you remember, for me at least, one two three kid and Mario Gennetti winning the tag team championships and after the Royal Rumble, I remember the one two three kid defeating Razor Ramon. At the peak of Razor Ramon's hype, but ends up end up turning him babyface. <laughs> That's how crazy that moment was. It got one, two, three kid over, and it turned Razor Ramon babyface. That's just mind blowing to me. Um, but Dante Martin could be that to 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 this generation. Super Elite, they attacked Jurassic Express, and they did not botch the triple power bomb this time. They put Luchasaurus through a table with it. Um, so this is clearly the match they're building to for full gear. Super Click versus Jurassic Express. Um, eventually, these guys have to lose. Though. Like they've been, Super Click have been beating all of them, beating them one, two, three. I would assume at full gear, all the Super Elite are going to lose. Kenny Omega, Cole, Bucks. I assume all of them are going to lose there. Um, so this is what we're talking about here. So... Andrade has a mystery tag team to face the Lucha Brothers for the AAA Tag Team Championships. They come out in frog get-ups. And I will say this. In a WWE-style reveal, it turned out to be FTR. I don't know the connection between FTR and Andrade or Andrade and the Pinnacle reasons. That we'll find out next Saturday night, I assume. Um, but FTR ends up winning the AAA tag team titles. So that's cool, I guess. But to me, this is building towards something else, I think. This match was not really good, in my opinion. Also, cause, maybe because the reveal was so WWE-ish. But Lucha Brothers and FTR could definitely have a much better match than this. So I'm going to believe that this was just a setup for something bigger something more important down the road. John Moxley beat Yuta in a kind of a beatdown type of style match. Superclick beat uh, Dark Order. Dark Order is really good, man. Dark Order is really fun. Um, I like him. You know, uh, I, I, 
I will say this. They're, they're kind of in a crappy position, in my opinion, because the only one that can kind of break away from them is Anna Jay. Um, but the, the rest of them, I don't know what you do with them on their own. John Silver, obviously, is a character, but they could all wrestle, though. They can all go. <clears throat> so that's the thing that kind of sucks, you know, but I enjoyed this match very much. Um, I know some people don't like it because all the rules were... No, no rules were being followed in this match. There was no five counts. There was, there was, I'm sure Jim Cornette saw this and had an aneurysm, you know, but... That's my opinion. Anna Jay is backstage doing a uh, inter- uh, interview, and Britt Baker interrupts her, and phew, these two ladies start brawling with each other. They will have a match next week on Rampage. Looking forward to that. Um, I will say it's the women's match on here with uh, Penelope Ford versus Kira Hogan. It wasn't bad, you know. Um, I, I do think like they Penelope Ford still moves a little slow in the ring because she doesn't want to make a mistake or whatever. But, like, she's definitely improving. I see the improving on her, on her moveset and everything. Kiara Hogan, I've seen her in Impact. I've seen her before. She's really good as well. Um, I, I do think because AEW does so much of... How do I put this with, with, um, with it making sense? AEW does so much of the Dante Martin situation where a lot of people lose to keep other people, like, winning and stuff like that, to keep people in certain rankings. I do think a Kira Hogan win would have helped her, you know, instead of people just watch. Because, I'm sorry, I have a busy week. I have a busy life, like most of you guys do as well. I don't get a chance to watch Dark or Elevation. I just don't. It's like, I try to keep up with it, but, like, when these people are getting these wins, when you see these records, like, they have 20 wins and, like, two losses. Like, who are these people with wrestling? And you know, subconsciously, it's dark and elevation, but you're kind of like, I feel like I'm missing out on something with them, unfortunately. And I've seen enough of Kira Hogan to know she's good. But anyways, I think to, for them to get this time on, on Dynamite, even though the crowd was what it was for it, is very important for other people and other matches, other women, actually. So, MJF. I skipped over a couple things. Sorry, what's going out of order? Um, he pretended like he had a match with Darby Allen that we all saw... The pinnacle beat down Darby. So he has a referee. He sends Warlord out there with a the referee. They start counting. By the time the referee gets to dine, Sting comes out. Um, Sting gets to the ring with a baseball bat. MJF throws Warlord to the Wolves. Sting is hitting with a bat. And MJF runs off. Obviously, this is building MJF versus Darby at the pay-per-view, um, which should be a fun match. Who wins? Ooh. Ooh. That's a great freaking question. That is going to be answered another day. <laughs> Never answer that. The Cody and Arn vignettes of pretty much Cody having to go back to basics. I love it. I love how the the the, the Nightmare Factory have turned on Cody. Oh, look at Mr. Hollywood. You have Red Velvet slap him like, and then you have Cody saying, "I'm learning shit." I, I I like this because this is not to make you like Cody. This is to like if you already hated him. This is making. Good, great. Keep him out of the ring. Even though next week you're gonna get Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes number three. I I would have to assume Cody wins, you know. But what if, if they're gonna continue this path? There's no way. I don't know, man. I think it'll be interesting if Cody won. I mean, if, if, excuse me, if Malachi Black won and beat him all three times. Now you have Arn really lay it out because like. No one's on Cody's side in this. No one. And I and, and he still gets distracted over some shit. He's still not fully focused. That's the story going into this. 
I just don't know how you beat Malachi Black if you're not fully focused. So, you know what? Even though this is not going to be the popular opinion, you know, I know a lot of people thinking the opposite. I'm going to say Malachi Black beats him a third time in a row. I, I'm going with that. Malachi beats him three times in a row. So, if I'm wrong, good, but whatever. Hangman Adam Page. He cut a hell of a promo. And the thing that stood out to me is when he said, it's clear you guys still believe in me. And for the first time in my life, I believe in myself. I'm telling you right now, that is your next AEW World Heavyweight Champion, full gear. It's 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 it, it just has to be. It, it just like after he came out to that reaction last week, I mean, people want him to win. Like no one's no one turned on him. Like no one. I, I see to me, and we all know fans are fickle. Not just wrestling fans, but fans are fickle in general, right? And to me, I just don't think. I, I thought I did there was a there was a part of me I thought, man, this dude when he decided to choose his family over wrestling and blah, blah blah. But see, I think it was a difference. I think people understood that. People don't understand the Hollywood thing. Which you have to understand. Like Dwayne Derock Johnson doesn't become Dwayne Johnson without taking those breaks from WWE. He just doesn't. You know, he had like, to me I see the rock like I saw Jay Z. Eventually Jay Z just outgrew the uh, the rock, you know. No pun intended. Excuse me. <laughs> that was the name of his record label. Um, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson outgrew pro wrestling to me, um, and you need to do it. So I think there's a difference when you like say, "Hey, I'm hot, but man, I need to be there for my baby," and I respect the fuck out of it. So, anyways, um, he's winning that belt. Um, last thing I want to do, then we'll address a couple things. Uh, one thing actually. Um, Brian, he defeated Bobby Fish, and I thought it was a fun match by submission. Um, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are just loving life right now, dude. They're just wrestling different people. We're seeing them against people just that we would never see them against, and it's just fun to watch. Even though Punk fought Matt Seidel, and Matt Seidel was in that uh, that 2011 picture with uh, Cody, ironically. Daniel Bryan, ironically. Beth Phoenix. Um, Kofi Kingston. I believe that was it. Oh, and Zack Ryder. So, that's funny because I don't think any of them are in WWE anymore except for Beth Phoenix. That's crazy. Anyway, so, Pac and Andrade 2 will happen at Rampage this week. I'm looking forward to that. I want to address Mark Henry's comments. So, <sighs> Mark Henry made some stuff on Bust Up, Bust Up, some comments on Bust Open Radio. And... The thing I've noticed about Pac is that he's notoriously private, which is completely okay. It's his business. Um, and Mark Henry addressed the fact that Pac had a concussion and that he shouldn't have taken the bump. He took the dead eye off the top of the ladder. It was a crazy bump. It was the first bump in many years. I want to say since the Kalisto bump on one of the Usos, that was from the top of the, it was a, the, the Del Sol the top of the ladder through a ladder that was the last time i can remember saying holy shit to a move i remember thinking to myself when i saw hangman with with, with Pac, i was like is he really gonna drop him on his fucking head on a table i said no no way no way and he, as soon as he jumped off i said holy shit i was like these fuckers are crazy right now was it a stupid bump some people would say yes but we also we we're also the same people who most of us watch the Hardy Boys, the Dully Boys, Edge and Christian do some crazy stuff too, and we embraced it. 
So that's why I don't want to hear any of that extracurricular stuff. However, I will say, I think Mark Henry's in the wrong. I get he's big on concussions. I know he's going to give his brain to uh, the, 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 the Christopher Nowinski school for uh, research at when he passes away. But I think he's wrong in telling someone else's medical information. There's a reason why a lot of us, it's a reason why people, even though most of these states you go venues to right now, you have to show that you're fully vaccinated to go. Like, but it's a reason why you're not supposed to talk about your health problems or people are not supposed to talk about your health because it's no, not anyone's business. It's private. It's confidential information, you know. Um, so I do think he's wrong there. Some some people just asked me to talk about it. Um, Mark Henry is a, clearly a mentor to a lot of people. He clearly cares about the industry and all that good stuff. And I respect him. But he definitely is wrong for that, for disclosing that, especially with someone who is as notoriously private as Pac. Either way would be wrong. Um, but to me, no one disclosed any of that. We just, we knew travel issues was bullshit, but no one even guessed concussion. And no one, and that's something we all hype, that's something we all stay away from. If we're being real, <clears throat> we all stay away from that. No one talks about that. We don't want to believe that, even though we know it's still part of the game. We don't want to necessarily sit back and be like, Man, he has a concussion. You, you know what I'm saying? That that word is so taboo right now. Now for the rest of for the rest of time. Because we've seen the outcome of this. You know, I would love to see, as morbid as it sounds, what Mick Foley's brain looks like when he passes away. Like to me, all the stuff he put himself through. Terry Funk. You know, um But yeah, Mark Henry was definitely wrong. But I don't think it came out of a, a negative place. I think it came out of a place of love. A place of, man, that's one of the best for everybody. So, with that being said, we're going to close this Monday episode. On Wednesday show, we will talk about DC fandom, the stuff I took from it. And I will reveal the schedule for the next two weeks after that. And we, like I said, we're all set for the rest of the year, so exercising stuff. So, anyways, this has been your Monday show. I am The Soul Chemical. We are out.